0: Well, gather around everybody, it is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. And also joining us today, we have the one, the only, Johnny from Detroit. Hello, Johnny. Hey, guys. How's your Sunday going?
1: Not too bad. Working heard, outside. Yeah. yeah, I
0: heard you had a, a little uh, fence is- staining project you were working on today.
1: Yes, I've been a homeowner for a little over a year, oh, so my new. I have invested so much in caulk and stain, <laughs> and I spend all my time working on it.
0: <laughs> so I've had my did you house... Hear,
2: did you hear how he, he pronounced the L in caulk?
0: I... Well, yes.
2: that's That must be a Detroit thing or, or something, because in Minnesota, we don't say caulk. Yeah, it's just cock. It's just cock. Ca- we just say cock. Which is, I and guess, kind of weird now. Is this podcast for adults? Or? <laughs> right <laughs> now I feel like we're doing
0: it wrong. Damn it. I've had my house for a while, and it was fixed up really nice when we bought it, so I didn't do anything on it for years and years. And so I am I feel like I'm kind of in the same spot as you are right now. I've been painting things every summer for the last... Every like, summer. Oh, my gosh. I'm so oh, sick of It's so many summers in a row, Johnny. Cocking things. Johnny, Johnny that I really
2: feel like... like I, I he paints one summer. I'm like, hey, he spent the summer painting. And then the next summer it's the same thing. I'm like, how do you have more to paint? Yeah. I figured was you just doing one window or whatever? And then there was uh, yeah, there was like a series of there it, was like the metal. Then you could do some metal on just, your windows too.
0: No, it, yeah, yeah, we had the wrap put on. It just never ends, man. But it's you know, but you got your own house, so it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. we we I mentioned last week we were trying to get the old band back together. We invited Farhan to join where us today. today. Where, where is Farhan today? Where is Farhan? Oh, Johnny, shoot. where's
2: Farhan today?
1: He has not been in Detroit, so it's <laughs> it's like the Santa Claus watch. I remember you could listen to the radio oh, sure, and they'd right. say what what city Santa oh, was in, and right. I, yeah, he's not in Detroit. He's not I in don't Detroit. Re-
2: I don't. Remember this Santa Claus watch? That was a thing we could. That would tell you where it, Santa Claus. Well, was? Well, it was
0: like on the radio or on the on uh, on the internet. I think probably now. I, it's but probably
2: now on the how, internet. How, yeah, how, I was gonna say uh, how the how are the two of you having the same childhood memory? Because, I mean, you guys. Well, yes, a little, I got mine You're a little older.
0: I got mine from a different a different medium.
2: Yeah, yours. Oh. Your, t- Tim was Tim's was on the radio because that's all that the the only media that they had then. <laughs>
1: And talking about uh, my future of painting, uh, I feel like I'm looking at my future self. So maybe our <laughs> past have merged.
0: There, there you, go. you go. All right. Well, we are going to be talking today about uh, free agent stat- tactics in the offseason here. When you have an auction coming up, we've got established leagues. It's time for your auction to distribute those free agents. Um, we invited Johnny on. We obviously have different rules in our leagues, and we thought it was... Uh, it would be a great idea to have another perspective from another set of rules, another league. Uh, and so Johnny was nice enough to join us today. Thanks and, a lot, Johnny.
2: And what, yeah, and one of the specific things that Johnny brings to the table is that his league actually has some dead cap uh, concepts that are a little foreign to us. So
0: Right. All right, well, let's jump into it. Um, this idea for this, I just want to give credit. It came from Stuart from England. So we might have another another. Feel, isn't he from Wales? guy from somewhere. I think he's in the southern part of England, but I'm. I hopefully okay. I'm right. But it came from Stuart, so thank you, Stuart. Stuart, if you're in
2: Wales, just remember that I got it right.
0: Right. So um, <laughs> jumping in, obviously, like many, many other things in this format, planning is key, right? So there's some things you can do to prepare for the auction ahead of time, that planning stage. Um, I'm going to kind of toss some of this just to Johnny and Sean here. So... In that planning stage, guys, what are some things that you like to think about or do ahead of time before you walk into your auction?
2: Well, for me, I think the first thing you have to do is look at your own team and your own roster. Um, and that means looking at it with like as neutral of an eye as you can. Like you don't everybody's gonna be kind of a fanboy for your own players, but you have to also be considering what everybody else thinks of your players and if you're trying to figure out about the relative value um, I think you also got to spend some time thinking about your own cap space um, and whether it's worth um, whether it's worth it to keep your players or, or or toss them out in the auction last week I talked a little bit about air quoting restructuring your guys on occasion and that just means in a, in a non-dead cap league it just means if you think that you can get the player back cheaper
0: yeah, I feel like that's one of the hardest things for me to do because, as you mentioned, most people kind of overvalue their guys. Or sometimes I just think like, "Oh, I've got this guy. I'm excited about him, but I might be paying him, you know, more than market value for it." So I'm tempted to hang on to those guys, but it's really you. Paris have Campbell. To, Paris Campbell being one, like I got him in a trade, part of a trade, but he's really more expensive than he's going to go for at the auction. So. I have to let him go, but it's kind of hard, to, hard to make that decision sometimes.
2: Well, so, and I'm curious, actually, um, I'm curious, Johnny, uh, what, so, uh, how do you approach that differently when you think that you might have to be tied to some portion of a contract, uh, with dead cap? Like what, how do you approach dead cap differently, at least than, than, than I was espousing last week or, or just than, than a typical situation.
1: Sure. So my, uh, in my league, I'm, we're in a $200, uh, a year cap. So, uh, I have a little math question for you guys. Uh Okay. So in a, in a $200 a year cap, um, with a 50% dead cap hit. So if you have a contract that let's say is for $4, uh, let's say it's a two year contract and, uh, and you drop them after the first year, you still have $2 of dead cap, but you also get $2.
0: Right.
1: So uh, in, a, in a 50% dead cap league with five uh, year max deals, how much money can you spend in one year?
2: How much money can you spend in one year? Uh, the answer would still be $200, wouldn't it? This is one of those trick questions.
0: I see him shaking his head.
2: I do. What, what, so if you yeah, I mean the money the money so that I'm guessing $200 is is $200. I mean unless I'm misunderstanding something about the question, what what do you got?
1: So, the the full amount that you could possibly have in contracts in a year is $388. So let's say you're the worst drafter ever and in your first year you draft every uh, all your players and oh, you spend $200 and you yeah. drop everybody. Okay. okay. Then you'd have a hundred dollars and then you can, let's say you're still awful and you right. sign everybody to four years. Okay. And then you drop everyone because they're not good. They're Paris Campbell's. And if you add <laughs> 200 plus a hundred plus 50 plus 25 plus 12, it's $380. So in, in, the hard part is thinking about a salary cap is very different than dynasty because uh, better free agents are available that if you're dropping someone, if you're in a 10 team, 28 roster spot league, whoever's in free, whoever's on waivers is pretty much garbage. That's yeah. not the case in our leagues. So you get something back in return for dropping a guy.
2: yeah so so i guess i I, the the thing i wasn't understanding about your question i think was just you were talking about how much can you spend total in the year as opposed to at one point in time so yeah and i wasn't about to do that math that's fair (laughs) no (laughs) it was
1: it was a tricky question But,
2: but but i think but i think you have articulated actually the one of the key differences between salary cap leagues and regular dynasty leagues i always think about it in terms of It being a third dimension, you know, one-dimensional, two-dimensional, dynasty being two-dimensional, and salary cap being three-dimensional. But actually, the practical reality of it is, is that it's also less stagnant because you can get, you can, you can, you have access to legitimately good players uh, in most free agent auctions every year.
0: So, Johnny, given that, that, that. I don't know, math, that mind bender there with uh we need with a buddy. dead cap money. We need a buddy. Does it impact your planning when you're when you're getting ready for your auction?
1: Yes. So uh I have a real world scenario. So um I have like I said, a two hundred dollar budget. Uh I have DJ Chark on a four-year deal at seventeen dollars. And since he didn't do so well, I mostly find other dynasty rankings and redraft rankings according to uh, the league scoring settings. So I rank those up and so then I have an idea of how much would this person be worth in a redraft and how much would this person be worth in a dynasty league. So uh, with it being a long-term contract, I'm looking at more from the dynasty perspective. Mm-hmm. So with, if I drop him, I get eight and a half dollars back and looking at who's available in free agency, I can get guys with a higher ceiling at the wide receiver position, but I don't even have to spend that at the wide receiver position. I think I could probably get Chase Claypool for $8. And if I can do that, I have no problem. Even though many of my lead mates are very terrified of having a dead cap. I don't care. I am shooting for the moon. I look to see in, is this person ever going to be in my starting roster? If Paris Campbell's my sixth wide receiver and I have all th- these great wide receivers in front of them, there's never going to be a scenario where I'm going to hold on to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that thinking about it in that way where that eight and a half dollars, what can you go get, even though it's costing you and I'm air quoting eight and a half dollars to hang on or to get rid of Chark, you're still freeing up that money to go get somebody that's still better. So, 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 so I have...
2: I have um... In your scenario, this is this is about me asking you about how your dead cap works. Mm-hmm. You got DJ Chark signed for four years, and at seventeen dollars, you you cut him. You've got eight and a half dollars of dead cap. Do you have eight and a half dollars of dead cap for the next four years, or is it just in first year?
1: Yes, I do for all all the years of the contract.
2: Okay, so then that that does you you do have to I see what you're saying when people are afraid about dead cap, but I would say if, if the, the reality of the situation is is that you can get Chase Claypool, who I like an, an awful lot more than DJ Chark certainly, um, at at half his price, then then I, yeah I, the 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 things I talked about last week in terms of of uh, you know what what you're having to pay uh, market value and 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 whatnot. Um, and why you might unload a guy, it is one question. Is for me, it, it, the the next question is, if if you're trying to decide whether to keep DJ Chark, is if you put him back out there, if he's going to go for less than eight and a half, you know, then and you still like DJ Chark, then then it still makes sense to to kind of recycle that contract. Um, but even if if he's not, if if you can get a different guy that you like just as much. That then, I think that that also makes some sense. But so, I think the, the whole point of all this is actually just to look at your roster with a with a with a a, a, a tough you know a tough grading system on your own roster and decide really whether you need to keep guys because every guy that you keep you know that can be less money you are going to have in free agency. You talked about cutting Chark and getting eight and a half dollars. I mean, you can be thinking about the cap as as uh, as you know being tied up in the future but the truth of the matter is is you're also you're going to be tied up with dj chark and if you're not playing dj chark then then that's then you're wasting that
0: money well go ahead johnny and not
2: not only a roster,
0: or not only
2: the
1: the money that you're spending but you're also holding the roster spot of what you could also spend on someone else and i think
2: yeah i think that's another thing about these leagues is they typically don't have rosters of 30. I mean, because you're, you. I think that's a. If you're really trying to get into recycling, uh, players, you don't want to have people tied up forever, um, and so I just think you, you also have to consider that whether that guy is a, is basically, you know, sucking up a spot on your bench. That you know, what do they call him a uh,
0: roster clogger. Roster
2: clogger, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so you guys both mentioned a little bit about scouting, like maybe who would be will be available in free agency and knowing that. Um c- can you take us through how do you do that? Obviously you don't really know who's cut until that cut deadline. But um I, but how do you anticipate? I know what I do,
2: and I'm gonna guess that whatever I do, Johnny does to he takes it to eleven. <laughs> so I why don't we just ask
0: Johnny what he sure. does first. Yeah. So how do you anticipate who's gonna be out there in free agency? Sure.
1: So I my League does not have a contract extensions, so I already know who has expired contracts. So what I do is I take the same spreadsheet uh, that I just said, um, where where I objectively look at what their costs are in free agency and in dynasty, and then I see, okay, how many how many uh, tight end ones are available, and who needs tight end ones, okay, and so that I can try to look and see who's going to be spent up for and where is their opportunity to get a deal on a guy?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think part of it for me, the way I organize things is, is, uh, I make, I make, I do the same process I do for myself. I make an estimate of if I was in Justin's shoes, if I was in Tim's shoes, if I was in Farhan's shoes, this is what I would do. And then I try to make I try to account for how I, what their personal biases are a little bit, like yeah, I'd never keep DJ Chark because I don't like him, but Tim has him and Tim loves DJ Chark so he's for sure keeping that guy. False. I, I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying that as an example, right? We're on, we're on DJ Chark here, um, and so then I I take my like a, I don't know for sure what's going to happen. In our league, the way things work is like we all submit our cuts and then they're all published at the at the same time. So you don't know what other people are doing until after you've made your own decisions. And then, um, you, you know, also you you go through that same process for them. And then, uh, and then that helps you estimate how many of the guys, how many people are going to be looking for that tight end, how many people are going to be looking for a new quarterback. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's how I scout my opponents.
1: My concern is um, maybe my league's a little bit different, but not everything my league mates do makes sense. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> which which is, you know, there there are some wild cards. You know, I just sure. got out of Evan Engram for four percent of the cap, who I I assess that he was too expensive as contract on my team, and I already have a better tight end to start. You know, and the person I traded with, I got. I was just trying to get out of the contract because I was avoiding the dead cap hit. I was, Mm -hmm. I would probably want to either drop him, but if I can save $4 a couple of years then why not?
0: Right. So
2: in in that case, my guess is with a dead cap, you probably are seeing more trades for very little. Like you will trade a guy like that for a late, late, late round draft pick that, you know, if you weren't Evan if if you weren't in a dead cap universe, you would have a hard time. You have a harder time making a trade for almost nothing, because he would seem like he'd be worth more. But when he potentially um, poses a risk to you that you're going to have to be stuck with this contract, then you, then you just give him up for a ham sandwich.
1: Exactly. I was. I was. I'm offering a 2023 20, second rounder for DJ Chark. You know. So and and the the guy who I traded with for Evan Engram um he was trying to sell Saquon Barkley for 35% of the cap and I'm like you would have to pay me to get that to take on that contract even though he's a great player you know right. so it's 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 about taking an outside perspective on your team to see what what contracts are going to help you in the future and which ones aren't
0: and i just have a question for you is is the player in your league the manager that is uh makes nonsense moves and is a wild card is is that person named mark by any chance <laughs> he is not <laughs> that's that's our wild card
1: <laughs> well, every league's got one <laughs> yeah, got There's a, a lot,
0: lot of head scratchers for mark in our league. i love him i love him but a lot of head scratchers so johnny um and sean too i you know, the there's tier-based um, value valuations that people use in redraft and also in dynasty. Is is that something that either of you employ when it comes to auctions for in salary cap?
2: I do. I mean, what what I do is I when, once I know what the free agents are. Johnny knows this ahead of time because of the nature of his contracts. We figure we we learn who's available, like. I think like less than a week from when we have our auction, right? So yeah. So I I, I I'm ready to go. I've already kind of figured out who's probably gonna be available. The once I get the actual list, you know, I kind of I rank everybody, I rank everybody by tiers, and then I go back and look at everybody else's rosters and and verify that my initial estimates of who needed a quarterback and who didn't need a quarterback were were holding true. Occasionally it's like you get that person who's got uh, Aaron Rodgers at some ridiculously high salary, and you just think this person's gonna gonna restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract, and then they don't, and then you have to make. I go through another round of calculations and and uh, make sure that uh, that I have a sense of who my my competitors are going to be. One, now that I know what I need and what I'm what I've got to seek in the auction, I just want to know what everybody else who my competitors are for those assets.
0: Got it, Johnny, how about you?
2: Uh, I don't make tears myself, but I think about,
1: okay, if I have a certain amount of money, which players am I willing to spend over and which ones I'm not, you know? So Stuart's question was about, hey, do you always try to accumulate value or do you try to get a stud if you wanna win? And it's like, that's what that, those every savings you get in each contract you have the ability to get the, the superstar, you know? So I, in, in my league, I'm looking at, you know, and I promise I won't always just talk about my league, but it's oh. some helpful re- reference. Right. So I, I have a lot of RB twos. So I have uh Miles Sanders. RB1. I have, okay, sure. <laughs> no, just, I just, love it. Just, this is a joke. Uh, Josh Jacobs, <laughs> David Montgomery, uh, Damian Harris. I have plenty of guys, but I also have a lot of cap space and running back is one position that I can actually get a RB1 because this year, uh Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, Aaron Jones, uh, and Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler are all free agents. So wow. my first inclination was, okay, I'm going to get the best deal on them because guess what? I listened to this podcast. I I probably spend more time than anyone else in my league thinking about this, right? Sure. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I get a deal. I'm pretty certain I'm going to spend up Dalvin Cook and I'm going to have him on my team because I want a locked and loaded RB1 so that I can actually win,
2: right? No, I get you. So, but but the example you gave, you just listed off a bunch of guys that I would say are legitimate RB1s. Um, in most people's ADPs, those are RB1s. Now I might like Cook more than Camara. I do, um, and depending on your league settings, you know whether you like Chubb or not might depend a little bit on how with how many points you're getting in PPR and whatnot. But but for me, I, when I because I you're saying I, I'm just going to get Cook. Like I would never. I I would I would put him as my number one if he's my number one. But I but I'm i've put them all in a tier and then i've ranked them within that tier so i know who i like the most within that tier um but uh but i definitely those are guys that I, where i'm going to be thinking about can i get an rb1 with the amount of money that i have yes and and and
1: i i have said i'll get an rb1 that i can get for 20 percent of the cap you know, it's not an automatic, I'm going to bid whatever I can in the world, but guess what? If he goes for $44 in my league and I spend 40 for Kamara, I'm fine with that. If someone wants to spend more, but this is the benefit of having longer term contracts, you know, and trying to get younger guys and have them locked in. So then you're not as, uh, as intimidated going into free agency and you can Isolate exactly what is going to make your team better going into free agency.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it just is. I I, like, I, I think about this in terms of making your decisions about whether to cut your own players. It's a little stressful if you're, if you want that player back. And auctions can be stressful because they can, depending on how you run them, they can, they can move pretty fast. And if you spend your time thinking a little too long, someone gets sold and you have maybe, oh, I should have bid a little bit more on that person. Right. But, um, the preparation, I think, is just your life is going to be a lot happier. You're going to feel much more comfortable if you if you've kind of game planned out some some scenarios ahead yeah. of time.
0: Well, Sean, I think you uh, you led us very nicely into the during the auction phase. We'll wrap <laughs> up our preparation and planning and start thinking about the auction itself. Okay. Johnny and Sean approached this a little bit differently. Um, I know Johnny, you came up with kind of some general. Uh, things to think about during the auction. Sean kind of went a different direction and thought about various scenarios that you might face given different places where your team might be at. Um, so, Johnny, maybe let's start off with your kind of general approaches uh, during the auction itself.
1: Sure. Um, so, this was definitely uh, in my in our startup draft. I was very stressed out. I did, but I did basically what I just said. I I've done. Uh, that I do now, which is assess how much I'd be willing to spend, what their fair market should be. And everyone in my league was going for 10% more than I was willing to spend. And I was having a heart attack over here thinking <laughs> I <laughs> calculated something wrong.
2: Right. right. And,
1: and then what eventually happened was everyone had spent all their money. Everyone went uh, studs and duds approach, which means you have uh, a couple superstar players, and then you'll just figure it out, basically, and everything else. But yeah. if everyone is doing that, then it's crazy. Exactly. And
2: our and... Just, just so you know, our initial startup auction, like a long time ago, um, uh, all of the top running backs, all the RB ones, went for fifty percent of our cap, Ooh. fifty <laughs> or more. I think the highest was one guy went for fourteen million, and our cap was twenty five. Yeah. So it was it might have been Emmett Smith. I can't remember who it was, but it was Ricky Watt. I mean it's just these, these are old names, but like but it, it was remarkable. And then within a couple of years they were all back in free agent in the free agent market cuz he couldn't keep them.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so strategize to make sure that you have the ability to get the players and and give yourself an opportunity before the draft happens to make sure that you will able to get deals on guys. So after that happened the first year and the second year, guys went for less than they were, than, than what I felt like they should have gone for. But so since my so team we, was locked in, I wasn't yes. able to get those deals.
2: So when you were having this panic moment, when guys were going for 10% more than you projected them to go. How did you respond to that to that? Did you respond by changing your pro- projections or did you stay the course?
1: I stayed the course and I said, trust the spreadsheet, trust the process. Wow. Stuck <laughs> 76ers guns. approach. And yeah, I, I, I after, that. after everyone went through their, basically they, they people got nominated first and second rounds. So after the third round, everyone was basically out of money. So yeah. then I got to take all high upside players and I've signed, I signed them all to basically max term deals.
2: That's literally what I did. So when we had, and it, and my team was amazingly good for a long time, but a big, big part of it was when everybody spent these huge sums on big name guys, I got the guy that I thought was a big name guy, but I knew that nobody else would value quite as high. It was a guy named Terrell Davis and I got him for oh 10% of the cap less than all the other top running backs and he was better Mm -hmm. and and that's just having confidence in your guy and willing to let those other names go by and then that difference in that money I was able to get so many like really good wide receivers um at bargains and just because you stayed the course you Stuck by your spreadsheet or your, you know, however you have got this stuff calculated out. I really think that that is the number one lesson I would say is is don't like take a deep breath. There's gonna you're there's you you you've come up with valuations for players based upon what your cap is. If people are overspending on certain guys, that means you're gonna be able to beat them on a whole bunch of other guys.
0: And the opposite is true, also, right? Like if if guys are going cheap don't be afraid to spend your money up front if you're getting deals on them. Yeah. I mean, for me, exactly.
2: I I would, now we're, we're switching into a little bit of a startup auction conversation, but like, I I do think it's worthwhile if you think, you know, the value of guys just holding, holding the line and you can do this in your, in your yearly auctions as well. Don't let guys go cheap. Um, because if, if you, if you end up getting a guy, um, like someone else is about to get somebody cheap and you put in a bid and, and now you're the the leader and you end up getting the guy and you weren't planning on getting that guy. If you have confidence in, in your evaluations, then you've got yourself a deal and you, that might not, you might now have an extra running back when you didn't need an extra running back, but you can trade that asset or you can trade a different asset. So Always look for the deals.
0: All right. So let's jump into these scenarios. Unless, Johnny, did you have any other kind of general things you wanted to mention before we move on?
2: Yeah. So
1: in I, in in that first year, I only spent 75% of my cap. So basically, it when you're in the auction, you know, if you have any empty roster spots or wasted money, that's not doing you any good. So unless you have terrific values on every single player you know, then, then there's no point to not have any, uh, double negative, uh, any, <laughs>
0: there's no point in it. Having I don't, any
2: I don't not space. disagree. Okay. <laughs> no, <Go ahead. laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, I actually do slightly disagree. And it really depends on the cap situation and the way your contract, your league works, because if you save money in your auction, now I this is not. I'm not promoting saving money in your auction. I agree with your general principle, but in the first few weeks of the regular season, players emerge that no one anticipated. Right last year, maybe it was a, a Miles Gaskin or some, somebody James, like that. James Robinson. Was James Robinson in our league mm-hmm. was like. Um, there was a gap between when we had our auction and the season began, and during that gap, he was announced as the starter. So. Week one, people who had extra money had an advantage. If you had saved the money in the auction, if you had left the auction with cash in your pocket, you could spend that week one, week two, week three at a time when these players are emerging. So if you're, depending on how deep your rosters are and how late your auction is and all these other things, that's the, on, that's the only counterpoint I would offer there.
1: CMI League's different. We, ha- we have a separate fab auction or fab a budget and we can place guys on ir so i anticipate that out of 23 guys on my roster someone's gonna get hurt and i'll have the roster spot open and i can spend the fat money got it on the guy
0: all right so on to scenarios um and johnny please as as you can tell you might have to interrupt sean as he's going through these hey. <laughs> So feel. I free know what to, I am. I know feel, what I am. Feel free to jump in here as he's presenting <laughs> some of these different scenarios here. But Sean, what's uh, yeah? What's one of your first uh, first scenarios? Well, here where teams at?
2: So I I, I uh, so I, I I created various scenarios because I think that this is a place where different people find themselves going into a free agent auction. And the first scenario is what I call the Tim Kennedy scenario which is you need everything. You're in the middle of a rebuild.
0: Oh, you're now like... you're just giving it back to me. <laughs> I,
2: I am. <laughs> uh, but that's, But I just. I mean, like, b- basically... I you am actually in a rebuild, in a re-build now, yeah.
0: so... And sometimes you're in a
2: rebuild and you have some pieces you like and sometimes you're in a rebuild and you're basically, you're just, you've torn it all down and you're starting from scratch. So if, in the scenario where you're coming into a free agent auction and you need everything, basically, I've already said what I think. I'll bid on any player, regardless of position, I'm just looking for deals. I'm specifically looking for guys whose value might increase. So that's share time. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, share time situations where you think one person might emerge, get both halves of the share time and you might, you might get something and then, you know, you can just cut the other player. Maybe, (laughs) maybe it's that simple, but then, but then you have the, uh, um, but you've gained more value than, than you've lost. And then, um, Uh, and then, you know, if you, if you lose a player, um, if you're basically willing to get everything, um, and you're in a rebuild, I, I pay attention to who was bidding against me, um, on players that I win. And the reason is they are likely trade targets in the future. Um, our startup auction, uh, I had a guy that I loved, his name is Terrell Owens and, uh, I, kind of stupidly managed my uh, roster space and I didn't have enough to to get him but a guy had um, had thrown out the name of the some tight end for the Eagles and and I I'll bet him and I got stuck with that player so I contacted and he got Trelloans. so I basically contacted him and made a swap there for Jason Dunn for Trelloans, which paid off for a
0: decade wow
2: so yeah. and that was because I knew that he wanted
0: this tight end and so I was more than happy to make that switch so I got a question for you 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 said you'd bid on anybody um I'm you go into the auction with some sort of ranking on these players so let's say like your I don't know 20th player is up for bid right now mm-hmm. um like how do you determine how high you go for that guy when there's 18 19 players that you like better and maybe you don't want to clog your roster and Maybe 20 is too low, but let's say it's yeah. number six instead of your number one. Like, well, I mean, so I,
2: if it's if, it, if, it, if we're talking about a, a not a startup auction, you, you can look a little bit at, at where similar players are in your league that other owners have, and th- they've whether they've decided to keep this player or cut that player that helps you get a sense of, of how other people view that. I look at ADP. Um, Obviously in an auction, ADP doesn't mean a ton, but um, but it does tell you relative value. And then, so then I, I, I look at similar players in terms of ADP and I see what their salaries have gone for, what they've gone for similarly. <clears throat> and uh, and then, you know, in your auction, if let's say you're looking for, at a quarterback and you've got several uh, uh, available and the the not your first guy, not your second guy, let's say... Your first guy you want is Aaron Rodgers, and the second guy you want is Tom Brady, and the third guy you want is, you know, Jameis Winston. You're not really excited about Jameis Winston, but, you know, you're—
0: He's a free agent.
2: He's a free agent. He's a guy—he's a free agent, and, you know, Taysom Hill has been declared not the starter, whatever— I think you just have to ultimately, in a situation where you're rebuilding, I think you either have to get a guy that you can keep for several years or you can flip. And um, and I don't mind bidding, getting stuck with a guy that, that has only got a few years left in the league like Tom Brady if I think later on in the season I'm rebuilding, I can flip him to a contender and and get some, another asset in return.
1: But you can't just like I, – I think – you need to know your leak and whether people are willing to trade and push their chips in at the trade deadline to, to get one of those players right. just drafting a guy because, and you need to know how your rookie draft is determined that if you get all like, if you get all these young players that have a chance to be uh, elite in a couple of years but then you have Tom Brady, Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks, all these like somewhat Brandon older Cooks is guys. Only
2: 27.
1: Oh my gosh, that's nuts. <laughs> He's been on 12 teams.
2: I know. <laughs> but uh, yes, but your point your yes, your point is you might, well made.
1: You might worse make your team worse by having those types of players in your starting lineup and and getting worse draft uh
2: yeah, players no, In your rookie draft, the, in that situation, I, I mean, if I know that I'm I'm not doing anything that year, and I got a time, and I can get a Tom Brady cheap, I, I'm probably good looking to trade Tom Brady early. Like I'm not going to wait till the trading deadline. I, it, you know, I'm going to short my my roster as early as possible. If I'm really actually just kind of you know, I'm not going to say tanking, but if you're not trying to win that year, then then I, I agree with Johnny. But I, I think the the answer is if you can get some another asset there, you just have to flip, flip them early. Sure.
0: All right, well, let's flip it uh, the other way. and You don't need everything. You're not rebuilding or building. Uh, you just need maybe one player. So that's
2: tough. I mean, so when you just need one player, um, and it, it, for me it depends on is it, do you just need a, a player like a flex player or if you need a, like I need a running back or is it, I need, you know, uh, I need Ezekiel Elliott. Who have, Like you really need this particular player. For me, I think that just goes down to when Johnny was talking about, you know, he's going to go after this particular player. Um, how committed are you to, to Dalvin cook? Um, is the, is it, because if you have, if it's really more of like a flex position that you need, then I think you can choose some of these options I have for. For, um, I think you can still kind of go and try to uh, give a budget approach and try to and try to get somebody who's um, not that particular player. If you're, if it's like I need this particular player, I mean, you got to go all in. Then, then it's just timing. Then it's just, are you going to drop that player's name early or late? <clears throat> I know you, Tim. You like the cold room strategy, right? Yeah, I dropped that name early, personally. Yeah, it probably depends on how much money you have. If you only, if you, if you don't, if you're limited in resources, I don't, I don't think you can do that. Um, I think you maybe want some money come up to, to come out early, but um, but if you, um, but uh, arguably, arguably that's the time to do it. So I don't know, Johnny. And what, you what's can
1: jump up high. If, if let's, you know, in, in my free agent auction, sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, Kamara will be starting off at $1 and then someone will increase it to $2 and three, like, it's just a joke. If that's the case and you know, you're willing to spend 20% of the cap and you're, you're set up at everywhere else, just scare everyone off by throwing out 20%, you know, that, that, that the big jump might go oh, man, I'm not even going to try to fight this <laughs> this
2: guy for when, him. Whenever I see that, you know what I think of, Tim? Musin Muhammad. Musin Muhammad, yeah. <laughs> <Should> there, there, <laughs>
0: this was, right, this, uh, again, back, we going started a long playing this time a long ago. time ago. Back in the day. Back in the day, but this player, the mark I mentioned earlier throughout the this player and started his bidding at $1 Carolina million. Carolina Panthers wide receiver,
2: Masha Muhammad. Didn't kill anybody unlike Ray Carruth. Wow. Anyway.
0: Uh, started the bidding at $1 million, which is about... One 25th of our cap. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, and then and everybody like nobody bid anything beyond this that. And he crickets. Was, and he was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait! I didn't mean that." So he any-
2: absolutely flipped out. That and so we let him do. We let him do it all over again. So he started at the league uh-huh. minimum, which is a hundred thousand. And then everybody, of course, bid him up to one million dollars.
1: I love
2: it. He <laughs> 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 already knew. So that he ended up with him anyway, but for point. the
1: same amount <laughs> yeah. same amount oh yeah, my for the gosh. Same guy. Yeah.
2: but but I agree with you that throwing the big number out you can scare some people off and if you and, and uh, um, you know especially if, if people are like scrambling and try to like figure out how much money they have and they're in a situation where they're not exactly sure do I have that money to spend you you know depending on who's your auctioneer and how you're handling that you might get that guy um, without a fight
0: all right. How about how about you? Uh, you got limited cash, and you maybe need multiple players, like like maybe not. You're not looking for everybody, but you think you're maybe one or two player or two or three players short. But you have really limited space, cap space.
2: Yeah. Do you go, Johnny? Would you if you've got two needs, two competing needs? You need a running back and a wide receiver. Um, how do you decide what to go for first? Do you, uh budget them you know similar amounts or do you basically try to get the the is this uh you called it something else but you try to get the superstar at one position and then get lucky in the second position how do you how do you handle that uh i would
1: probably flesh out different scenarios and and have if this running back if i want this running back and this wide receiver but if this one goes above this of i'm using my hands on a podcast um
0: (laughs) he's got his left hand higher than his (laughs) right hand yes
1: (laughs) so if they go above that tier of amount of cap space then then for sure switch gears and go the wide receiver and then think about what what running back you'll take instead you know so so trying to have fleshed out as many situations as possible so then you don't get into a panic and then you miss out on both or you know is trying to avoid that as much as possible. So like for example with the rest of my cap, I know I can probably get we're in a super flex league. I can probably get um I have Tom Brady a little bit above Aaron Rodgers in my uh rankings and I'm in a super flex league now. So if uh but if Tom Brady goes too high then I'm going to get uh Aaron Rodgers and probably a better tight end than what I would have thought in the first place. Yeah. I think,
2: I think you need a plan a and a plan B and you, it, yeah, for me, that's the, I think, I think you just, I think Johnny, he talks about game planning this stuff out and that's what I would say. I think part of the game plan for me is as you look at the market and you see where the, where the, where the, like the bottlenecks are or, or where, you know, I mean that's not even the right word, but if you, if there's, if you need a running back and a receiver, for example, and there are, you know, three guys that have big money for running backs, and there's two two running backs, and then there are three guys that really need a wide receiver or gals, by the way. I'm not trying to be gendered here, um, but there's um, but there's you know four wide receivers. You're probably going to get a better deal on a wide receiver. So then you can maybe try to knock, put out the fourth of the of the receivers, and maybe you, and people are saving their money, and you can get that that player early and uh, cheap yeah, and cheap, and, um it's a little bit of a cold room type strategy but otherwise if that doesn't work if that if that wide receiver gets gets bit up then then i would you know then i would flip it around and say fine i'm just gonna i'm gonna take get my the hard to get piece first um you know and you might just have to go back and forth between these options until you until you get you get players that you're happy with
1: and you might be better off, you know, if you're aware of your team's needs and there is a position that you're like, oh man, I'm going to have to pay an arm and a leg for this guy. Try to trade for someone comparable before free agency. Like try to set yourself up for success. And even though you might have to throw in a little bit extra, avoiding that bidding war will yeah. do, be a lot better in the long term, even if you got to. Throw in an extra pick or anything right. like
2: that. I think that's something you said at the, at the outset, to, Tim, is try to set yourself up for the auction by reducing the things that you really, truly need. And the flip side of that, I would say, is <clears throat> ultimately, if you knock out one of those two pieces and you don't get the second piece, like you, you can still do trades afterwards and you might have to, you might be better off. Getting a, a the the running back you need and then a running back you don't need, thinking okay, when well I'm overdone on running backs, but I can trade one of my running backs for and maybe you're trading a running back that you had kept uh, at a good salary for a wide receiver on somebody else's roster that's at a good salary and and that that player that you got that you didn't really need you end up needing because they're filling the spot that the, of the departed you know uh, player that you traded. So
0: be flexible. All right, just a couple more scenarios to uh, put forth here. You've got a good team. You've you've got your starting lineup pretty well set. You're just looking for depth as you walk into this auction. I I
2: don't know about you, Johnny, but I I pretty much ignore the stars at that point in time. The only reason I'm bidding on on the superstars is just to, is just to uh, um, price and force. Yeah, price and force. Make sure that somebody isn't getting a deal that. You know, if I if I can get my depth as a starter because no one else wants to bet on this player, I'm fine with that. But other than that, I'm just I, I'll sit back and I'll wait and I'll wait and I'll wait until I get until the players that I think fit what I need are, are coming in, into under the auction.
1: Exactly, and and I would almost have like almost. It's 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 odd at a certain point if you're really, really good or really, really bad, it's it's almost the same type of scenario when we were talking about rebuild of just get even more value because you have that flexibility and you're not trying to uh you're not pigeonholed into oh I need to get this certain guy. But yeah, and and that's very true. You know, if if Tim has all our all stars and he can he now Okay. It's <laughs>
0: Just don't you don't even have to stop Tim. Yeah, just keep, keep going.
1: I, I almost I almost <laughs> use Sean as an example and I'm like, no, I'm gonna use Tim. <laughs> and and if Tim has all superstars and he might get Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to say there is no way because I'll have no chance at getting him. So I need to like if people are threatened of of your superstar team, then people will definitely be willing to make sure you don't end up with them
0: right and i suppose it maybe doesn't change a whole lot if you don't really need anything that's you, kind of, that's the last scenario
2: you, if you walk in and you really your team is just if you're you're Farhan Hassan and you literally need nothing yeah i mean you're you're there you're just you're an agent of chaos at that point in time you're you're the you're the joker right you're just there messing with people price enforcing uh laughing at people and having a good time that's that's what I'd say,
1: but actually, I would argue if you're in that scenario you have not set yourself up for success that you're wasting money <laughs> for real that that if if you have that much if you have all these great contracts and all these great players, like get future picks yeah try like like leverage that to make sure that you win in the future too I mean unless you're you're a sociopath and just want to mess with people.
2: In, and, well, but you might also have a Check, lot
1: of future yes.
0: picks too. I <laughs> no, that's, that's what I was thinking too. Did I just get a diagnosis?
1: <laughs> no, no. I'm in finance. I'm not in
0: psych. <laughs> uh, I, and that's, that is where I'm waiting till the end and like just tossing out minimum bids on players. If I have the roster space, yeah, I'm mean, high upside guys. Yeah.
2: One of the benefits of, of if setting yourself up with good contracts um, is is that you have the luxury of getting guys for league minimum salaries and, and you know y- you're not desperate to try to get a starter. you've already got so you, you can they're like luxury picks and you can take the, the, the high upside guy that is likely to fail, because, but if, the, if they succeed, then you've got another starter and you can go through enough of those and you're eventually going to maintain your advantages.
1: Exactly. Get get a Jalen Hurts. You know, what I mean, even yeah. if, you know that that's 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 an example of a guy you're able to take the risk. You know, if and because if you're still that good, then why not?
2: Maybe Paris Campbell.
1: Yeah. Oh, I wish I had him.
0: <laughs> oh, I wish you're in my league. I could trade him too. <laughs> All right. Well, Johnny, thank you so much. I think that's gonna do it for this episode here.
2: Yeah, I don't have anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. good. It was a blast.
0: Well, good. Yeah, we had a good time. I'm glad you joined us again. Really appreciate it. I I wanted to let people know. I, th- it's very likely sh- we are not going to release an episode next week. Sean and I are going out of town. We are bringing the recording equipment, yeah. but uh, it's it's probably more likely than not that there won't be an episode next week. So it's just possible. Wonder, like, it's le- yeah. It's
2: it's <laughs> a, it depends. And also you know whether it's a. Um, we're sober and (laughs) whether able to provide anything of value is, you know, also questionable. So we'll, 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 we'll make a call at some point in time, I think.
0: But while, while you're maybe waiting for the next episode, do go and check out The Steel Pod. It's our Facebook group. It's growing. Lots of good conversation there. We've had a couple of episodes here lately that were uh, inspired. It makes it a lot
2: easier when somebody else tells us what to do. <laughs>
0: they we're inspired by questions and comments from people uh, in that community. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Steel Pod.
2: I'm at Steel Pod, Sean.
0: And Johnny, I don't know if you have a, a handle you wanted to share, but... I don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if we don't see you, uh, if we're not back next Monday, we'll see you the Monday after that. Until then. Bye-bye. Bye now. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the SteelPod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.